Right, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the People and Dance Floors podcast. And today I am joined by uh, somebody who I really admire. His name is Adi Amazadeh and he is the founder of EcoDisco. Uh, now what is EcoDisco? I mean, that's like, a, a, it's a really cool concept, uh, first off. And you know, when I saw the name on uh, social media, I was like, what is that? I need to find out more about this. So yeah, so welcome, Adi, and thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. I'm glad to be here. Um, um, yeah, I mean, eco, <laughs> eco disco. What is it? Is that is that should I fire away on the first question with that and and t- yeah, talk about- I mean, how did you come up with it? What was the uh, you know what was the impetus behind it? Um, yeah, I mean, eco disco started as basically a club night as a as a concept party we uh, me and some friends we used to um you know that same story of a bunch of friends in their in their teens throwing small club nights getting really excited by it and enjoying it a lot and uh, we used to love kind of uh, curating a space and we spent hours hanging disco balls and arguing about which way the light should turn and and you know we just loved it so much it was a real passion project for us not a business we never made any money uh, another familiar story but um the one thing that just re- always really bugged me was that we couldn't um we couldn't align the kind of uh, values of nightlife the kind of positive um the positive culture and social experiences and, and the, the the joy of people leaving our events at the end of a night um it didn't really match with the impact that the event had not 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 necessarily we weren't necessarily thinking environmentally it was more the immediacy of just seeing like loads of bin bags and loads of chemicals come out and you know all this kind of stuff for you just thinking that doesn't really that doesn't really fit it feels like what we just created maybe felt a bit fake because of what happened after it ended and that's kind of where eco disco started was in those moments at the end of events even at the start of events uh, when we started to make them more sustainable we used to like bring our own kind of compostable cups and then take them to the right place and even that like the whole process of having to you know just hide the, the plastic cups replace them with our ones it's just like what are we doing this is you know it didn't it didn't uh, i don't know it just like it felt like a really big contradiction for me and, and that kind of developed my passion for um making nightlife more sustainable and, and i'll say nightlife a lot probably but what i basically mean is urban nightlife so um yeah i mean music venues and, and nightclubs in urban areas and also, you know, kind of outdoor spaces as well, but not big festivals. And so obviously we work with big festivals, and we do stuff like that, but our main focus is on kind of urban nightlife. And um, so it was in 2018 that we were throwing these parties and um, they started to get quite big. The waste we were generating was, was getting bigger and um, and we were starting to see it as more of a potential kind of um, something that we take a bit more seriously and, and do a bit more regularly. So, um, yeah, we tried lots of different things to try and alter the way that we run the nights, but there was just so much red tape, like venues can't make these changes. They don't have, you know, they can't increase costs on anything because margins are so tight already because uh, rent is increasing all the time. I mean, you know, we're talking about before COVID as well, it's you know, 10 times worse now. But um, um, my response was, uh, was, you know, one of frustration and basically decided to come up with my own kind of concept party to basically just say we can we can party in a more sustainable way um 
it can be just as fun doesn't have to be taking away from from anything that we all love from all all, all the escapism and, and the joy of nightlife that, that we all enjoy all the time we you know you don't have to take away from that it's just about making changes um that are relatively simple but there's just so much red tape in the way mainly cost but we basically designed a load of um reusable steel cups and we got like fabric holders that go around the neck and the cup would sit in the fabric holder and people would use that cup through the night um at the event and we launched this uh in 2019 in in june as, as an event and we ended up on bbc news and and evening standard progress 1000 like loads just crazy media storm around it because no one had really done it before it was billed as london's first commercial club night to remove all single-use plastics we, we use like canned water and you know lots of people doing this kind of stuff now but no one had really done it at this point and um it was yeah it was just kind of a, a personal kind of mission to <laughs> to do something big and make a big statement. I didn't really think about what would come afterwards, but through 2019, we did a few more of those events. We went, we took a sound system to the global climate strikes that were organized by um, students and, and children. And then we also, we ran a panel um, with Greenpeace, Friends of the Earth, um, got, uh, Paul Budd from Unity Agency came down and, um, uh, and yeah, we had a student representative from UCL as well, which was brilliant. We had a really good turnout for that. Um, and we just really, there was just such a big appetite for for sustainability and nightlife that you we never really thought existed. But the way we approached it was so kind of, you know, it's in the name, fusing eco and disco, like nightlife and sustainability. Uh, the two can sort of go together. They don't have to be kind of two things that crunch at each other. Um, and yeah, just understanding all the like the way that sustainability interlinks with everything. And, you know, when I say sustainability, I mean environmental sustainability and what we're doing but there's obviously social cultural like there's so many other aspects of nightlife that need to be more sustainable um you know we don't want to impact our future in a negative way that's you know the the basis of what of what we're, we're talking about um but long story short <laughs> 2020 covid19 struck and um in some ways i know i kind of hate the whole like framing covid19 in a positive light or whatever but <laughs> for us it was kind of well for me it was kind of positive because it meant um you know it gave me time to reflect and after a month or so i'd set up eco disco as a consultancy company and basically evolved it from an event into a company that has the goal of basically making urban nightlife more sustainable on a wider scale with scalable affordable measurable systems that remove single-use plastic cups for example is our first kind of big mission um but also like footprinting gathering data and and acting to reduce emissions across the industry as well um again in sort of more accessible and an exciting way um and that was i mean almost a year exactly a year ago it was june last year that um i i, I launched ecodus as a company we're now a team of 10 people we got um, funding from Innovate UK for um, our reusable cup rentals um, service, which we're piloting now and it's about to kind of go commercial, which is really exciting. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of that's kind of the story we've got. We still do events like last weekend we were working with Tia, the scooter company at Westfield. We had a horse meat disco playing Helen Star and Hills and Souls and, and a bunch of other like great DJs we just brought down. We still, you know, we still get we'd still do live events and we will be throwing our own events. But um our main focus is now on providing systems for 
businesses, organisations in the in the events industry that don't cost the world actually save them money um, and also remove waste. So yeah. Mm. There's a there's actually quite a lot of uh, thoughts that were coming to mind as you were speaking. So I'm going to try to kind of like go backwards and unpack some of what you just said. Uh, firstly, I love the fact that uh, you know this started as a party, and so initially, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how nightlife uh, and politics never meet because nightlife is about hedonism and it's about people are not politically motivated; they're just there to have fun, and therefore. There is no kind of political layer or dimension to nightlife and to what people do within it. And I just like the fact that actually the inspiration came from, I mean, I don't know, maybe you were an environmentalist before or you had an environmental consciousness before. I'm sure you did. But it's like just the witnessing and the experiencing of nightlife can, you know, have political and principled kind of um, change or can stimulate that kind of change. 100%. I mean, you know, we've seen it throughout history in lots of different, you know, topics. I mean, the, the problem is, you know, the difference, you know, between, I don't know, queer culture or, um, I, I don't know, just human rights in general and the impact that the nightlife culture has had on, on various different aspects of society. You know, you never really, you never really put like, you know, sustainability or plastic or whatever in that conversation because there is a kind of rhetoric around um, sustainability I mean, again, environmental sustainability that is mm. unaccessible, is very white, very upper to middle, middle to upper class. Like it, it is problematic. And I worked um, for uh, a climate change charity, <laughs> broadly, broadly put, um, for a year and I really enjoyed it. And it was, you know, it felt very like I learned a lot. But in that world, this is whilst working on eco disco in that world it was just a totally different way that people communicated and the way that we talked about the way that people talked about the problems was sort of entirely unaccessible and didn't really make sense and you know as i say from where we've come from throwing the events and everything it wasn't a sort of i mean don't get me wrong i like have very close connection to nature i'm you know maybe an environmentalist at heart however you want to put it but um it wasn't it wasn't like a, a overriding sort of guilt or, or um, I wasn't thinking about oceans or trees or anything it was just seeing it you know on a practical sense you know if you think about you know what's good design and what's bad design and kind of I've got a bit of perfectionism about me and I just didn't like the way that the night ended I just felt it was so silly like and you know the whole a big part of what we're doing of eco disco is about design and um, you know designing systems that make sense that don't produce waste. I mean, it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to be extremely, I don't know, people use political, you know, left, right and centre, but you don't have to be a particularly political person or an activist or anything like that to see something that's just sort of needs to change, like yeah. needs to progress. And so, you know, we see ourselves as nightlife first and then sustainability because that's how we've kind of grown. Um, and innovation is what connects the two. And anyone who says, you know, that nightlife and politics can't connect are just avoiding avoiding a conversation because they're scared it might burst their, you know, escapism bubble, but actually it strengthens it. And, you know, obviously these conversations need to be had. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there is a sense that design can be a bridge, political bridge, because obviously you have the uh, more kind of 
left-wing hippie Puritan types who are all about changing individual behavior in order to make life more sustainable and, and for the longevity of the planet. And then you have maybe people who are more about innovation and technology. But I also think that there are people who don't necessarily um, engage or think about these things in the context of nightlife. nightlife. So it's about, and indeed, you know, if, you know, like you said, you know, with, with, for, for venues, there, there are no incentives for them to do things differently. There is no money from the government that they can, you know, access if they, you know, engage in more sustainable practices. So, you know, all considering it, it does kind of rely on project projects like yours to, to yeah. instill a change in the way that we design and do things. Um, I almost felt yeah. guilty, I almost feel guilty that we, that, you know, because it, it's, it's almost the argument that you don't want to support is that, you know, the capitalist argument of, you know, innovation will succeed or, you know, government interventions not needed or, you know, we don't, you don't necessarily don't support that rhetoric, but it's the reality that we're living in at the moment. And uh, we could, you know, what you're just saying is interesting. I think every, you know, the XR activists are just as much needed as the right wing conservationists. Like they all, all in the same bubble, pushing towards the same thing. It's a shame we're not, everyone's not unified, but that's life. And um, and I think there's there's lots to say about. I guess capitalism design the way eco disco works and i think we are definitely realists in, in in this context of uh we believe that um sustainability removing wastes like changing the way that we we interact with products and and materials there has to be it has to be a profitable industry it can't just be loads of non-profits doing this because you, you you get a kind of like crazy loop of competition around funding and it all just gets a bit toxic and actually directing capitalism in a new kind of direction is what we talk about a lot of um rather than trying to overthrow the system and say it's flawed everything's i don't know if i'm about to swear i was about to <laughs> but everything's messed up <laughs> um rather than you know rather than saying that you, you you just say okay this is the context we're in what can we do best within the context we're in um and how can we make it you know economically sustainable um and empathy is a massive part of it because you you can't go to a venue and say guys you just need to do the right thing do it now because they'll turn around and be like <laughs> what you know they'll hate you if you say that that obviously they want to do the right thing everyone wants to do the right thing there's very few people who even people who maybe are like skeptic skeptical of how serious the climate crisis is whatever they they'd still want to remove waste like no one no one is actively producing loads and loads of waste because they want to you have to have empathy towards people's situation go to the venue and say you're you spend lots of money on this we're going to help you spend less money on that and we're also that's going to help you do the right thing and then suddenly it just you know if you go if you go in there with the empathy of we're nightlife we understand nightlife we understand the economics of it we understand the challenges faced by everyone in the industry um it's it's really hard to find systems that obviously can can tailor to such a difficult um industry but it is you know is doable and it and it often relies on a bit of give from the crowds you know our, our reasonable cut system it basically depends on uh every customer at an event paying one pound extra for their night out and that allows us we call it a green fee anyone you know some venues choose to call it that some say a green tax some don't say anything at all and just include the one pound in the ticket price whatever it is it just relies on everyone 
who come through the door paying one pound extra and then um, we deliver uh, reusable cups that are needed for the event or for three events in a row and then after those events we'll collect them and re-deliver clean ones and that's our kind of like loop and we just deliver collect deliver collect wash off site and that one pound just covers um, the cost of that system rather than the venue paying whatever it is six thousand pounds <laughs> um, it's it's a customer paying one pound and it's like a shared uh you know it's, it's it's basically a shared responsibility effectively and that that's you know and that makes it viable it's funny that like as you were talking i was thinking about this kind of concept that i've been obsessing over for the past couple of months uh the idea of responsible pleasures so um you know how to uh, I, I guess um to put two things together that usually are not, uh, they, they don't occupy the same space, like responsibility and pleasure, and think through uh, ways in which, uh, you know, we can have both, <laughs> basically. And I think EcoDisco is, is a perfect example of that. And I guess it ties into, you know, the notion that, you know, with other, um, with other kind of investments lacking, particularly uh, with leadership from the government lacking, I think that using capitalism is is what, what I, you know. I agree with you. Is the only thing that that we have left to do. It's not like we can uh, we can just continue to I don't know beat ourselves up or try to compete for the meager funding that already exists amongst um, NGOs that are that operate in this in this domain and and indeed others because it's very much the same for others. I guess the the next. Uh, question the next thing that I'm going to ask you about is uh, the sort of the role of drugs in the context of nightlife and that's because that's a, been a massive part of this project and, uh, and, and, and big in, interest of mine so yeah so because you know there, there's been a lot of discussion well maybe not a lot of discussion maybe not enough discussion about the relationship between uh, drug used in the context of nightlife and then waste uh, so there's there's been at the beginnings of discussions, but it, it nothing really, uh, yeah, nothing really kind of beyond that. So so yeah, what how do you feel about the role of drugs in the context of nightlife? Yeah, I mean it's one of the most complex questions to tackle, and I think it's it's you know similar to to what we're doing on on, on our end as well. Is a question is often kind of ignored, or um, people skirt the question, and um, often you'll you'll see the kind of uh, positive sides of these kinds of topics outweigh the negatives because you know the positives are are obviously great and and drugs have been a part of of nightlife for so long and, and um, uh, almost like inseparable now, <laughs> which is um, you know an interesting it's, it's so complex you know for something that is illegal and I mean. Talking, I mean, I'm talking about legal drugs. I know, and you sort of bulk alcohol in with the same, the same term, which obviously makes a lot of sense. But there's the difference between the kind of uh, legal, you know, legal drugs and illegal drugs. I mean, one, there's a lot more on the legal side. There's a lot more conversation. There's a lot more kind of um, to and fro, even amongst friends. Never mind, like within the industry or within organisations. Whereas when things are illegal, it's almost impossible to kind of get get your head around um how how you know drugs should be should interact with a night out or, or with people or with an event and and how to manage and how to to make sure everyone's safe and um for me like on, a, on just like a personal level um i've found it kind of 
a nightmare the party drug scene recently i think it's been quite detrimental towards the kind of uh sterilization of of nightlife that we've experienced um i think often i mean and when i talk about this i mean mainly kind of student nightlife and young people kind of um entering into the world of, of partying and and you know substances and, and and everything else i think um often the night becomes more about the drugs and less about the music and less about the you know i don't know the the experience itself and for me a night out to be fair i'm talking talking as me from a year ago because i haven't been on a night out for so long but um for me a night out is all about you know the escapism the joy the the kind of thrill of a night out that we experience you don't require drugs to experience that and i think something that's happening recently is um it's it's becoming a kind of one is dependent on the other and i think that's you know slightly problematic it's almost like people are forgetting how to use drugs properly <laughs> they're, they're, they're there to enhance an already brilliant experience rather than to create your experience and you know again this is all just my this is not the opinion of eco disco or anyone else this is just me kind of um you know enjoying an interesting topic but um i think it's brilliant to what you guys are doing because this conversation doesn't isn't had enough and i think everyone has lots of different opinions on on different types of drugs and and how they interact with um nightlife and, and i think it's really important that everyone starts talking a bit more honestly and openly and i think it will strengthen the experience for everyone and and imp improve you know the industry definitely mm. i was just thinking you know in terms of um in terms of the relationship between nightlife and consumption obviously obviously drugs including alcohol are a massive part of that so and often you know uh, th that kind of idea of hyperconsumption or overconsumption is often motivated by being in altered states where one loses a lot of the inhibition and so you know I, I don't know if I'll give you an example I, I you know having a house party where people are drunk or drinking uh, or taking drugs and then sort of like people leaving the house and seeing the house completely you know littered with stuff everywhere glasses you know cigarette butts whatever you know just because people sort of lose the the sense of what they're, you know, the consequences of what they're doing, because they want to be in the moment. So there is a real tension there, uh, which I think, you know, we, we, I mean, I see it, but I think obviously, uh, in terms of what Ikurisco is trying to do, you know, there's also about, you know, how do you instill that sense of like responsibility that does require a little bit of behavior change, because even if you're using a reusable cup, you do have to remember to like, you know, carry it with you and like, you know, then fill it up again and then, you know, that sort of requires a shift in, in behavior compared to single use where it's just like throw away and start again and then just make more waste. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a brilliant kind of analogy. And, and I think that's what we're trying to do, you know, through our work is we understand that whether it's alcohol, whether it's cocaine or MDMA, whatever it is, we know that everyone goes out to lose their inhibitions and to, to feel like they don't have to think about any of the serious stuff in their life and they can fully leave it all behind. I do the same. I'm not thinking about sustainability when I'm on the dance floor. It's not something I want to think about. Like it's it's all about, you know, it's all about finding that space of kind of joy and excitement and and you know new experiences, meeting new people. And it's not about, you know, remembering to to do this or that or the other. And that's why, you know, a lot of our work is all around kind of normalizing certain behaviors. Um, firstly, reducing, massively reducing the amount that we expect from a consumer. So 
our reusable cup system, for example, we don't require people to hold on to the cup. Right? Once they paid their one pound in the ticket price, you then basically get an unlimited amount of cups through the night. You, you trade in your dirty one for a clean one, you drop your dirty one in a in a cup bin and be around the venue. Like there's there's lots of um you know there's there's loads that you can do as an organization like ours to make it as easy as possible when your mind is in the right place when you're thinking about the experience and retaining the experience for customers rather than you know i don't know thinking about other stuff <laughs> don't know what else you'd be thinking about but um uh so yeah i mean you know our, our system is uh, specific to reusable cups our system is basically the same as single use like you use you use a cup once and then once it's dirty, we don't we wouldn't encourage a venue to refill it, especially at the moment due to potential for cross contamination. But the cup just goes into a crate that's for the the dirties rather than going in a bin, and that's it really. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's like that's actually a really good system because it doesn't you know it doesn't re require a massive behavioural shift from what what is happening currently, and it also obviously makes it COVID safe. I guess I, I really like the fact that you, when you spoke about COVID in a positive way, like giving us a chance to reflect and sort of plan ahead about how to, you know, how to, yeah, it's like this kind of big opportunity to pause and then start differently. Uh, and that's certainly what, uh, yeah, what I'm hoping that, yeah, I'm hoping that nightlife will, when, when it's reborn, it, it will kind of take on slightly different uh features let's say than the ones that we left behind back in you know march 2020 or whenever it was i think there was a big there was kind of a big idealistic expectation of oh well after this year obviously things will be different but i feel like people just didn't realize the amount of work that you have to put in through that year to actually make change happen and i think you know lots of people i, I talk to now are like oh i'm so disappointed by you know we're just going back to how we were doing before booking DJs in the same way and everyone using single use cups again and all this stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, that's what, you know, the, our industry, like, I mean, specific to nightlife, this is our industry does not have the capacity to just like go, oh, I feel like changing. I'm going to, I'm going to change out the way we do things. Mm -hmm. You know, people need to start really, um, I don't know, putting like it takes it takes a long time to have even a small small shift in the way an organization or an industry runs and and it's entirely possible like it you know if there's anything that i've learned through the last year whilst there's been no industry and we've been working on this is it's so possible to just like push things through if you if, you know obviously we were very lucky to win some funding that helps but um you know it's 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 been inspiring to think the things that you would usually say be cynical about and be like oh it's never gonna i'm a bit of a cynic i mean like, oh, things are going to be the same after covid you know i you know get a bit cynical about it and but actually this year i've been kind of inspired by you know the, not not just the work we've been doing eco just with all the people around us who are doing similar stuff um and the amount of, of things that have been achieved and actually being able to see them happen and and see things that you would you used to say would be impossible now becoming a reality and um, it's yeah it's inspiring but we need more and more of it <laughs> yeah I agree I feel the same way about this year although I like you know that like I've been sort of witnessing on social media discussions uh, by people who were hoping for the way in which uh, the kind of uh, the really hierarchical nature of the industry is in like toxic for people that exist at the bottom right so whether it's DJ or like people that do like sound working clubs and you know, so and I, I think, 
you know, even there, like, I, you know, I, I'm obviously like, I'm really sympathetic to uh, uh, to the calls from people to say, let's shift the culture towards, you know, a more kind of inclusive, maybe more horizontal kind of way of doing things. But at the same time, I also know that for clubs and promoters to make the money, they need to like book the big names. And then it's like, it's just this. It's a vicious circle. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I used to be stuck in that. Exclusivity deals are the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, this, this is where capitalism gets, you know, difficult <laughs> and, and not so good. But let's not, let's not get into that right now because I could just sit free on forever. Um, the last question that I've got for you, and I'm going to try to combine uh, the two questions that I had, is I want to hear about your utopian vision for the future of nightlife. But I also want for you to focus on whether harm reduction has a place in it, and if so, what what that would be. Because I I always ask this question about harm reduction, and it means different things, different people in different contexts. But I like I like it, so I'll keep it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, yeah, uh, I mean, utopian vision for the future of nightlife. I mean, harm reduction definitely <laughs> plays a big part in it. Um, I don't know. Again, like when you're trying to solve problems or, or change certain things you end up sounding a bit negative about everything i mean the nightlife scene in my opinion is fantastic it's one of the the like last remaining kind of places in society where we can do ridiculous things that you wouldn't expect people to be allowed to do and generally we're not allowed to do them <laughs> but we have this kind of space where we can go a bit wild and it's not sterile and obviously it's changing a lot and it's saying earlier about um you know the things changing with the way people go out now and and the, the role that drugs play in that but you know if you look at it holistically it's still even though it's potentially getting becoming worse <laughs> it's still so much better than so many other things in society so i'd, I'd say that first is like it's already an, an amazing space to, and there's a reason i work in in, in in the industry but um you know there's lots obviously for lots and lots of room for improvement and what you were speaking about earlier about you know the responsibility and the losing your inhibitions and how do those two things interact and can people be responsible whilst also um whilst also being totally off their head like enjoying themselves to the absolute maximum capacity um and for me you definitely 100% can and I think there's a big excuse out there and it's almost like there's this there's this like fragile bubble which is the nightlife scene and, and and parties and and going out and obviously it's been under more threat than it ever has been over the past year and a half but it's constantly under threat and people who within the industry rightly so protect it and try and keep everything that's in that bubble safe but unfortunately there's lots of things that are in that bubble that need to be talked about <laughs> and that need to be opened up and i think the only way you strengthen it or even just remove the bubble and, and like and normalize some of the things that, that we experience in, in the industry that I mean whether it like I mean you're you're likely to be more at risk when you lose your inhibitions and when you're on a night out and whether it be from predatory behavior physical harm alcohol drug-induced illness mental health issues that they're all problems that nightlife is faced with and they're all entirely connected to the conversations around sustainability as well and um, I mean I think for me, I guess harm reduction is about facilitating conversations about these topics and to acknowledge that they exist, which lots of people don't. And there's lots of, often an angry response on any of those and any of the above. <laughs> people don't like to have their bubble of wonderful, positive, happy, you know, 
everyone welcome nightlife they, they just everyone pushes every festival every venue everything says everyone welcome we're so happy we're so lovely you know we know you are we know it's lovely but you're not accessible <laughs> like everyone's not welcome there's lots of bad things that happen and um i think people need to 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 acknowledge that that issue exists and then actively address them and i mean there's ways of normalizing behavior so that when you're off your nut it's just normal to not go and pinch a girl's bum for no reason like and various other horrible things that happen on on dance floors across the country and i just feel like it's a real cop out for people to say oh yeah but we can't you know we can't always be snowflakes or whatever or thinking about uh other people's feelings all the time like how would i ever have any fun i think it's just the biggest cop out ever and you know the the identity and the quality of nightlife who can only be strengthened by more conversation and more active engagement in, in those problems um people just got to be a bit more brave i think and it, you know it's the same on our end with environmental sustainability it helps a lot when a normal person talks about this stuff and frames it rather than like a some external corporate consultant or some ngo who you know, take it really seriously like, you have to bring levity to the situation lots of what we do is about humor um there's ways to make the conversation more accessible it can obviously be quite traumatic for some people it's not as if everyone is avoiding it for for bad reasons i mean there's a long way to go but i think um we want to play a role in in, in you know beyond kind of cups and emissions obviously you know we've got a team of people who all feel very passionate about um you know opening providing safe spaces for these conversations so yeah amazing preach to all that <laughs> i'm just like yes yes <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, I very much share your vision. And I think that, you know, the more conversations we can have and the more, you know, we can go beyond our own sort of little bubbles to kind of all engage in conversations and see where the overlaps are. Uh, I think that's sort of, that already goes some way. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, I really enjoyed this. And uh, yes, and uh, uh, you've got a website. Uh, please go and visit the EcoDisco website. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing more, um, more of what you do in the future of urban nightlife. Brilliant. Thanks so Thanks, much. Ali. Thank you. Thanks. Take care.